Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Yup. And welcome back to Talking Knicks. Free agency happened. We were live with you guys last week. We got the Julius Randle news at the end. A lot more happened after that. And I think we might have some varying opinions whether what happened after that was a good thing or a bad thing. The Knicks signed six free agents. We're going to talk all about them, what it means, what could the rotation look like. Minutes. Are we going to win the title? Probably. Yep. You no. Know. Uh, no. But hey. The Vegas, the Vegas title. What? I am joined by Tom Piccolo, Kenny Poon, and the return of the Mac, Big Baby David. Whoa. Let's talk Knicks. Glad in the actual sound there. Hey YouTube, we're doing our first live broadcast. Well, we did we did the lottery balls live, but we're gonna we're gonna start trying to do the episodes live. Chat's going right now. Got a Lakers shout out. What up? Griffey422, I see you. How we doing, everyone? Happy 4th of July freakend. Uh, I, I was realizing today, this was weird. I, 4th of July on a Thursday is dangerous. That's a good way to lose about five days real quick. We'll go around the horn. Big baby David, how was your 4th? How you doing, brother? Uh, 4th was good. Had you know a couple different barbecues because you know turned into like a four-day weekend. And then, uh, yeah, just thought about the Knicks a lot. That's not good. Hmm. <laughs> That's a little positivity to start. Happy Fourth, Dave. Kenny Poon, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I've actually, I took Thursday and Friday of last week off, and then I only worked Wednesday this past week. So I, I didn't work a lot this last week, and I had a nice fourth, hung out with Tom, Almost got in a fight with some little kids, and now I'm here living the dream. Actually, I saw I saw one comment in the YouTube thing that says "What up, nerds?" and I don't know if that was a reference to Stranger Things because I watched the entirety of Stranger Things as well. Oh, that's, that's what awesome. I did. There you go. <laughs> I forgot that. No, no spoilers. Um, wow, we got no some thunder. Here. We got some thunder fans in the chat. We've got Nystrom uh, with a shout out. Thanks, brother. Uh, and. Tommy Piccolo, our anchor, four by four hundred meter champion of the world. Is that still true? Um, Tom. That's still true, Jake. I, I can still crank out those four hundreds. Hey guys, uh, I'm doing well. I, I had a good fourth because I didn't think of the Knicks at all. So that was nice. nice. I got out, I hit the links, took a lot of golf shots in those eighteen holes, so got my money's worth. And uh, yeah, Kenny wasn't exaggerating. We did almost fight some uh, some teenagers not actually fight you know how it is I, no I, I don't we don't know how it is there we were words exchanged it. we don't need to talk about it either let's talk about the knicks Jeez. sounds like God. sounds like you guys fought some teenagers so that's <laughs> that's worrisome if you're those teenagers uh i was gonna say we're sorry but we're not i'm glad i'm glad we took you down that's the new knicks attitude that's we're dogs that's the new <laughs> phrase everyone yeah. keeps saying about our free agents which um, I wish they were saying I wish they were saying they're great at basketball, but we'll take it. We're we're dogs. It's something. Um boys, when when we were last here, things were extremely somber. 
uh, Durant leaked out that super well-made Instagram post about him going to Brooklyn, which was just biggie. Um, <laughs> so, but they had how much time did they have to make that? Anyways, um, and we were waiting, we were waiting. We heard we were in talks with Reggie Bullock. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of slander around that. Turned out we signed him. Um, and then Julius Randle, we end up signing six guys: Taj Gibson, Bobby Portis. Ellington, we keep forgetting Ellington. Alfred Payton, uh, we signed. We signed a one through five and a six man off the bench. Um, they're all rotation guys. It's not. I promised people last year on Talking Knicks that the sad times were over, and I was wrong. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We've got these dogs. I want to let's let's go reverse around the horn. Tom Piccolo. Where are you at with how everything played out in the Knicks free agency? Man, I, I'm still kind of coming to terms with it. Uh, I, I I didn't get too high or too low on this. Like, I didn't have huge expectations, I think, coming into it. But, you know, as the, as the signings kept coming in, I guess it got a little darker and darker just because – you know the Knicks fan base. We, we were we were hoping for some some brighter lights, some bigger names. And but at the end of the day, when the contracts came out, like you got to be happy with what with what Perry was able to do with all in terms of all the team options. Like they kept flexibility going forward. I, I was pretty happy with that. Um, Julius Randle was the only one signed to multiple years, which is nice. Like he's the one with the most upside, so that makes sense. Um, I guess the major criticism that came from most of like Knicks Twitter and the media was that the Knicks weren't trying to take on bad money in exchange for assets. But then you look at free agency, and there were only like two contracts that kind of fit that bill. So it's tough to kill the Knicks too much for, for not taking on Iguodala or, um, or, the, or the second one that's escaping my mind right now. But yeah, I don't know. I, Heartless. I'm Heartless. Thank you, yeah. And so I guess in all, I'm, I'm feeling pretty neutral about this. I, I'm not pumped to watch another season of, of you know it'll be not playoff basketball but you in my opinion, that's my expectation but I, i'm curious to hear what you guys think I'm, I'm coming out pretty neutral here which i know is a, a boring first take it's just it's get him kenny get him i mean i think no matter how you slice it it was a disappointing free agency after everything that we heard throughout the year about kevin durant about kyrie irving the late rumors about Kawhi leonard all that stuff and then to come out with uh, none of those guys, no matter what, that's disappointing. But um, you know, I've I've kind of come to terms with the fact that you know each of these players they're going to do their own thing, and there was only a handful of players that we had an option on or that we were rumored to be possibly getting, and you know we didn't get them. And twenty nine other teams in the NBA could say the same thing. So. It's disappointing, but it's kind of the way the NBA is. And I'm not – I don't hate the way that the the team moved forward from that. They got a bunch of actual NBA players. Uh, question how much star power they have there. I think Julius Randle's a good player. Um, everyone else is kind of a, a role player. Bobby Port is still very young. Um, Alfred Payton's still very young. Julius Randle's still very young. So all of these guys have some upside. Um, and all of them are also on reasonable contracts. So – you know, you have a lot of, like Tom said, you have a lot of flexibility with this in terms of, you know, you can compile these pieces and trade them. You can keep them. You can, you know, if they don't work out and you don't trade them, you can cut bait next year and use the extra money to, buy, to get someone else and try again. So it's all about just keeping their options uh, open going forward. And 
and like you said, you know, they've they got a lot of lot of dogs, a lot of hardworking guys, and hopefully they're they're all talking about you know '90s Knicks, the Charles Oakley, Patrick Ewing Knicks, and and how they're all going to work hard. So, you know, at the very least, we we might get get to see some fight out of these Knicks, and you know, I'm I'm not going to say it's a likelihood, but there there's an outside shot that this team over um, outperforms expectations and ends up you know in the playoff race. Again, not going to expect that, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. BBD, bring it. Yes, I mean, goes without saying, but obviously we're disappointed when we don't get Katie, Kyrie, Kawhi, anybody. Not that I ever thought Kawhi was possible, but a name that came to my head. Um, but yeah, the, the most frustrating part about that is the not offering Katie a max, which I don't think we've mentioned yet. Uh, and canceling the meeting with Kawhi and like bragging about it. Um, <laughs> like, like yeah, Jake, it was your tweet that got me going. Um, but all things I was considered... running hot for a while. I yeah. Was running hot. <laughs> all things considered though, like, like if you look at each signing, none of them are overpays. They're all quality players. And with the team options and stuff attached, any of these guys can be flipped for first, uh, for like late first or a few seconds or something anyway. At either of the next two trade deadlines, um, yeah, we still have long-term flexibility. I would have rather, um, you know, taken on a bad contract like people are saying, but we didn't see that many moves like that, like Tom said, because uh, who knows? Maybe the Warriors didn't even offer, wouldn't have even offered the Iggy situation to us. The only guy left is like maybe Dragic. So, like in a vacuum, would I've rather like skipped the Portis signing and. Uh, traded for a bad contract to get a pick, yeah. But Dude, overall, I'd Portis say, is my boy. I'm, I'm like really warming up to him actually after looking at his Twitter and stuff, or after you sending in his tweets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the fact that I'm overall pretty neutral on the off season, sort of like Tom, like says a lot to have the Knicks recovered from the disaster situation of no marquee guys coming. Yeah, neutral neutral is definitely a step up there. And Jake, I kind of want to get you going down that Kawhi route a little bit because we saw how it played out uh, last night, or I guess two nights ago now, that Kawhi orchestrated his way to uh, getting Paul George to, to finagle his way out of his contract in OKC to go to the Clippers. And so I'm wondering how we're feeling about, you know, the canceling of that meeting. Like, would it have been in the realm of possibility to get Paul George to, to come to the Knicks. And like, would, would that have been even something that what we saw the monster hall that OKC pulled? Is that something we would have even wanted to offer? I, you know, part of me thinks it's a no brainer if you actually think Paul George and Kawhi is on the table, but that's also completely mortgaging your future and goes against a lot of what um, Mills and Perry have said. So yeah, Jake, what are you thinking about that now that you've had a little bit of time to digest? Yeah, like like I said, I was running hot for a while. Uh, when the first free agent signings came out and we signed three power forwards, I was in a tight spot. Um, when I heard we turned, we didn't offer when when I heard we didn't offer Durant the max, I was heartbroken for a minute. Um, and I I just had this realization where I was like, I, and I get the risk involved in all of that, but like it came off so like boyfriend who just got dumped and was like, well, I was going to dump her. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad Kevin Durant's not coming here. So that was bizarre. I was having some tough Dolan moments 
And then the Kawhi meeting leaked out that they turned it down. And I, I was pretty firm on that, and I still am. Um, I, it's not over the top because, I again, there's no real belief Kawhi was coming. Um, you talked about that haul that the Clippers gave up, and I, it's essentially for two players. It's, it's one of the bigger hauls in NBA history, but they got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So I, I think we'd be lying to ourselves as Knicks fans saying that, you know, oh, we, I don't think we'd really give the picks up for that. We'd kill for that. We'd, we signed Alfred Payton instead. So uh, I, I think we'd be lying to ourselves if we were saying we weren't interested in that. Who knows? And, and this is where things get tricky. Like, I'd like to assume that the Knicks knew and word was out throughout the league that Kawhi was trying to get PG to team up with them. And maybe the Knicks looked into that and they got shot down. Um I don't know. I was still firm on the stance, and it, it's getting away from some of the bigger things and playing good basketball, which we should be hoping for. Um, I don't know, man. I I just think you take a meeting with the best player in the league who just won the NBA title. Even if there's not much going on there, shake some hands. Maybe he signed a one-and-one, one, and, and he becomes a free agent later, and you guys had a great meeting in the relationships there. I don't know. Is that too basic? Is that too, like, me being from the electrical supply and distribution industry previously, whereas, you know, you don't want to burn any bridges? Is it too – am I underthinking it, overthinking it? I, so I want to I wanna say, like, there was no chance that Kawhi was coming to the Knicks. And the reports that I've seen since then are it was either, like, I've even heard that the Lakers were out. So it was either the Clippers were going to get Paul George and Kawhi or Kawhi was going to go back to Toronto. Those were the two options. And you see what happens when people wait when you look at what, what the Lakers did because the Lakers waited to spend that money and then they ended up with Danny Green, I think, was a good signing. Some people think he was overpaid. Who knows? But they didn't end up with much to surround AD and LeBron James with because they waited for this meeting. And I know you can say that the Knicks aren't competing for anything. So what does it matter? But like, if they have these guys that they think that they're going to bring into their organization, it's going to make their organization better. It's going to help their young players develop. And they think that there's no chance of them getting Kawhi Leonard. Then I say, go for it. Just follow your plan and do the smart thing rather than, you know, having these big dreams with a very limited uh, opportunity for success. And I think there was a 0% chance that we're going to get Kawhi. I think there's a 0% chance that we get Kawhi in the future. So I think that the smart move was to just move forward and get the players that they wanted. That's probably right. It's kind of a bummer that we're conceding that there was a 0% chance to get Kawhi, even though we would have had space and even the assets to bring a second superstar like Paul George over. But I guess, I mean, that's where it comes in, like the whole question of infrastructure and, you know, front office competence and all that, just like the perception of the Knicks versus the perception of the Lakers. Yeah. And if I can just jump back back in one second, I think part of the big thing was it was Paul George and, and uh, Kawhi Leonard going home, right? So I think that's that was part of the reason that they both went back to L.A. So that's, I don't, I don't know that it had anything to do with the Knicks situation. I think it was more that's where they wanted to go, and if that wasn't going to work, Kawhi was going to stay where he was, where he I had just won were, the championship. I think they were open to getting Paul George to Toronto also, right? I think that that's at least what they're saying. Yeah. I think yeah. Ramona said that, yeah. 
because they had yeah. they had like a, a move a move lined up for George and Westbrook to end up there or mm-hmm. something, but that probably would have gotten all weird with the contracts and stuff. But and by the yeah. way, what what a nuke that was when when that came out. Paul George and Kawhi going to Clippers. The NBA has it figured out, man. Um, I saw Simmons tweeted out like all the star players that have changed teams in like the calendar year. And it's insane. It, the, the player movement's insane. Um, and, and I don't know, I think I, I don't want to get too much in the weeds about this. Cause I, I don't know it. You, you can flip flop and say, ah, take the media. We weren't getting Kawhi. Ken, I think you were kind of all over that. And if, if you're an honest Knicks fan, that's the truth. Um, I, I want to talk about more about the guys we brought in. And, um, and I want to get to that too, but real quick, there's just what one, you little, one little tangential thing that, that kind of was a ripple effect from, from the quiet uh, move, and that was that all these rumors now that Russell Westbrook is going to be moved, and there have been a lot of rumors flying around that the Knicks, you know, they're, in, they're looking for a point guard, they're looking for, to make a splash with a, with a you know, star, with a superstar. Um, I, I think a lot of smart analysts have said that it, doesn't make any sense for the Knicks to bring in Russell Westbrook. And to, I mean, he'll be making just an absurd amount of money for the next five years on that Supermax contract. Um, I'm sure you guys agree with me that the Knicks should not make a move for Russell Westbrook. Uh, do you do you even think that's a, a possibility at this point? Um, I, I do not. And I had a conversation with someone on on Twitter where I said that it just doesn't make any sense. I think Russ has another one or two years left before he starts a precipitous decline, just because everything he does is based on athleticism. Uh, And it will take at least probably two years to get him someone to play with just because we'd either have to trade for someone and give up a bunch of our assets after giving up assets to get him, or we'd have to get someone in free agency. And there's just not a lot of people that are free agents this upcoming season or after this season. So I don't think it makes sense, and uh, maybe to ease your mind a little bit, I did see reports that there were three teams who were interested in uh, Russell Westbrook, none of them being the Knicks. I think it was Miami, the Pistons, and maybe Orlando or something like that. Houston. Houston. Yeah, and I mean, those those teams are either desperate for a point guard or Houston's in kind of a desperate situation right now with, with where Chris Paul is at. Um, it, it just doesn't seem like a fit. Um, at the same time, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I've got weird images in my head of James Dolan saying, get me Russell Westbrook. Um, well, Westbrook, he, uh, he has like, what, like four years, 171 million left, something like that. He turns 31 this year. He's had a lot of health issues already, <laughs> even though not like most recently. Uh, his, he doesn't have the type of game that ages well. So, I mean, it would feel like very familiar territory for us to go pick him up. <laughs> right now. Sounds like the perfect Nick signing then. <laughs> um I I just saw I just saw Big Baby David age like two years thinking about the Knicks trading for Russell Westbrook. <laughs> his, his, his heart his heart wasn't ready for it. Big toddler David. And I didn't mean, <laughs> I didn't mean to derail us with the Westbrook talk. So Jake, let we can get into the free agents now. No, you're good, brother. And I, it was a topic, and it, it still will be until Russell Westbrook is moved, if he's moved. Um, but, yeah, let's let's talk about the guys we got in-house because I, I think what you guys said at the start, uh, you guys summed it up. There's, there's two ways to view this free agency. Um, we were built around, and our front office said we were going to get major guys this offseason. 
it didn't happen. If you're going to view it through that scope, the free agency in this offseason is a huge disappointment. If you let that go, which I partially can, the Knicks did some good things. They brought in Julius Randle, who put up some big-time numbers last year. Um, young guy, should only get better. Um, and then they bring in, like you were saying, Tom, I mean, all these contracts that can be moved. And, you know, if guys are successful, there are some team options there. We could kick those in, um, potentially flip these guys for other things in the future. Let's, uh, big baby David, who, who do you like that we brought in or, or, or what, uh, like who, who jumps out to you of the guys we signed that you're excited to see? Um, I mean, Julius Randle is the first like easy answer. Cause he's the, right. Like most real like NBA starter. Um, cause you know, especially last year he, he took a huge step and he's obviously a very talented guy. He, he averaged over three assists a game last year. He shot 35% from three. His ball handling playmaking has improved tremendously. So, he, I mean, he's going to be a solid start. He can't play any defense, but that's that's fine. Um, as far as, like, the other guys, uh, for whatever reason, I, I kind of just like Reggie Bullock. But just, I just just something about him. Uh, I think the Is other the guys... Hair? You, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, I don't know. I just always kind of had a soft spot for Reggie Bullock. I think you guys both have um, more strong feelings about other guys, so I'll leave the others available. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Ken, I, I, I don't even have to ask you. I know it's Bobby Portis, and tell me about him. Bobby Portis is my dude. Um, you know, you you saw the quotes about just uh, some of the stuff he says, and – you know, he just, from all reports I've seen, he's just a really hard worker. And, you know, I have, uh, I have three things I like to see in people. That's like, that's defense, shooting, and toughness. And Portis has, for, for his size, he's a great shooter. He shot, shot 39% last year from three on about four attempts a game. And he's got the toughness down. Not going to dive further into that. I think you guys all know what I'm talking about. Um, the defense from what I've heard needs work. I, I, I haven't seen a lot of Bobby Portis play, but, uh, did dive into some of the analysis and by all accounts, it needs some work, but he's, he's still a young guy. He, uh, he's, this was his 23 year old season last year. So this will be a 24th year old season coming up and, you know, he's still got room to improve. Um, but I just like, I like, uh, kind of the way that the way that he plays and, you know, his ability to stretch the floor is a big, so uh, I think that's that's going to be a guy that I'm going to be watching a lot this season. And so, Kenny, I see he's 24 now, and he'll turn 25 this upcoming season. Is that what you said? Uh, it's. I mean, I'm looking at basketball reference, which I think is based on their age at eight or uh, their age at June 30th. So, got it. Yeah, this would be his 24 year old season. Yeah, and so I think he's a good backup big man to, to Mitchell Robinson. I think we're all expecting Mitch Rob to start, and and we saw last year that he. And he got himself into foul trouble a lot, so he needs a very quality backup big based on his play last year. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing he had to improve this offseason. But even then, just based on his his age and his body type, it's not like I don't expect Mitchell Robinson to be playing more than 30 minutes a night. So I, I could see Portis 
I mean, how many, how many minutes did he play last year? He played 26. 26 minutes per game. Yeah, I can see him being right around that this year as well for this Knicks team. And, and yeah, I mean, they need a, a, just a tough, rugged backup big. Mitchell Robinson doesn't really he, – he doesn't have the frame to, to get in there and bang. He's a, he's a brilliant rim protector. But, uh, but Portis can go in there and grab boards and set screens and do some of the dirty work. So, um, I mean, yeah. So, so 26 minutes isn't a ton of minutes in a game, and Portis averaged 14 points and – and uh, eight point one rebounds. So that's those are some good stats in limited minutes, and that that would be a very very good backup center to have. Yeah, that's really strong production. I'm seeing he only shot forty four percent from the field, um, which is just okay. But as you mentioned, he was shooting four threes a game and hit almost forty percent of those. So that's really strong. I think maybe he struggled a little bit uh, more from inside the arc, but at the same time, I mean. He had a fifty percent effective field goal percentage, so not bad. Yeah, it's it's okay. And then, and then the other backup big there is going to be Taj Gibson, who just turned thirty four. And uh, I, I love Taj's nicknames on Basketball Reference. I know Jake, you love these. Oh yeah, hard hat and lunch pail. I don't know if anyone actually calls that. these things, but those are just your lunch pail. <laughs> <laughs> those are like the two ideal items that you see at a construction site that you'd want your player to be named after, like. It's amazing. He so he averaged twenty four minutes a game last year in Minnesota. He put up about eleven points, six and a half rebounds, and he's another guy who just could do all the little things that you that you want. So when you're when we're looking at these other signings, I think we put Julius Randle in one category where he's like the talented, the upside play who could actually potentially even be a star in this league at some point. I think he really does have that kind of potential. I don't know how likely it is he'll reach, you know, become an all star at any point in his career, but it's definitely possible. Um, Randall's the guy. As I say, Randall's guy. We might have wanted to sign anyway. For sure, yeah. Randall could have been signed regardless. Um, with the other guys, I think you you look at them through a different lens, and it's more like how can they help the the young players? How can they help the R.J. Barretts, the Kevin Knoxes, the Mitchell Robinsons, even the Frank Nilakinas? How could they help them develop as players? And and when you have guys like, like Taj Gibson is a perfect example of someone who's just a, a great locker room presence. He's not going to go out there and, and like space the floor and, and help players that way, but he does it through through other things, through setting screens, through offensive rebounds, creating second chances. And he doesn't he doesn't have a high usage rate. He doesn't require a lot of shots. You know, he's just out there to be a, a hard hat lunch pail. And just having him in the, as a locker room presence, I think, is a big thing. And uh, that that's what I think of when I think of Taj Gibson. Is this is this is a great guy to have in the locker room. Yeah, and he's really well re- well liked around the league. He did all the, a lot of the Team USA stuff. Taj Gibson was around for some of that. Julius Randle, yeah, I, 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 I'll, I'll start back with him again. I mean, 21.5 points per game, 8.7 boards in 30.6 minutes in the West uh, for the Pellies, and he, he took a clear jump last year coming from the Lakers, and I don't know, I mean, I... The Lakers right now, everything they've shown us as an organization, and I mean, if you look at D'Angelo Russell a little bit, um, I don't know. Those guys got out of L.A., and they're looking pretty good right now. I think someone I, I want to talk about a little bit, and Andrew in the chat just said his name, Alfred Payton. Um, I think we might end up liking Alfred Payton a lot. Um, I, I think the point guard minutes are going to be interesting, and if we want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit, we can. Um but I don't know if if you look back at the guys that we've been watching play the Knicks point guard the past few seasons, um, there was a time when I was stoked that Jarrett Jack had the rock in his hand. Um, 
And that's scary. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Elford comes over. He had that, that triple-double streak last year that uh, makes for fun basketball reference trivia if, if you're ever in a tight spot. But, I mean, a, a guy that, you know, his numbers aren't super flashy, but – Ten and a half points, seven seven point six assists in under thirty minutes. This guy, it, and he's been around the league for what six seasons now, five seasons. Uh, this guy is a veteran point guard who's going to be able to do some things. I, I, I mean, I'm not expecting him to break out, and he's not a great shooter, but I think this guy can bring a little bit of stability to the point guard position that we haven't had in a while. And Jake, do you expect him to to get starter? To, to start over Dennis Smith Jr. or to, to even get starters minutes? I do. I do. I think um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the backcourt stuff plays out because you've got a lot of guys that like having the rock in their hands. Um, and and I just think – I think Alfred right now is the most stable of those guys. Like Dennis Smith Jr. has this ton of potential, and it's easy to – we kind of forget about him. We we talk a lot of Knicks, and sometimes we skip over DSJ, um, and maybe too quickly. But I think Alfred Payton right now, and we're talking about bringing in these veteran guys to help the younger guys play better basketball. I think at the point guard position, Alfred Payton's got to be your most stable guy, right? And I, I would, I think I'd probably agree with that as a, as a point guard. I think Alfred Payton really isn't a shirt, shoot first point guard. He averages less than 10 field goal attempts per game last year uh, from the point guard position. So I think he's the type of guy who can play point guard alongside um, someone like Dennis Smith Jr. If he was playing off the ball or Frank Nilakina, who it looks like will be moving to the two, three position. Um, and I think you're right. I think he's, he does all of the things that you want to, that you want any player to do in terms of he, he is capable of scoring the ball. He's not a score first guy. He's not a, you know, give him the rock and let him score guy, but he's capable of getting a, a couple points. He's, he's a very good rebounder at his position and he's a, the, probably the best passer on the Knicks. I don't know if anyone would disagree with that at this point. Yeah, I guess DeAndre Jordan got traded. So, um, <laughs> Ooh. so. last year, last year was rough. Uh, but, but Kenny, I, I, my first thought when Alfred Payton was signed was that Frank is going to be gone before the season starts. Do, do you think he'll be on the roster? Um, it's possible. I, I really don't know. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Um, if he's still on the roster, I think it's very clear that he's not expected to play point guard anymore. But it's equally likely that he could be traded before the season starts. I just don't. And this is the same thing we said at the end of last year is I this would be a bad time to sell on him just because you're not going to get anything for him. Um, although presumably if you haven't buried on the bench, you're going to get even less. So it's tough to say. Here's my thing. I get a little worried about hearing you guys talking like Alfred Payton should be getting, should be starting over Dan Smith jr. And I, it's just DSJ still has all-star potential. He's a couple, he's like two or three years younger than Payton. And he is just—he's popped when he's played at times. Like he has shown his ability to to be explosive, to get to the rim, and uh, and to create havoc against defenses that way. Peyton, I think he's just—he kind of is what he is at this point. I don't think he has all that much upside. I'd be pretty bummed if I saw him getting more minutes than Dennis Smith Jr. Just because at this point we we should still be trying to find those those players with the star potential. And uh, and developing the young the younger guys. Peyton is young, but he's not DSJ young. So yeah, I'd, I'd, 
that's yeah. where that's basically where I'm at with that because you know, DSJ we saw him flash some stuff in his time with the Knicks last year. Um, people I think are kind of just forgetting that it's Dennis Smith's third year in the league. Like he's still really young in his like development. Um, he, you know he has all the skills you could really ask for. I, I definitely want to see him getting the bulk of the minutes on on Alfred Payton after like that first day for agency. It's like writing down some notes and numbers about guys the day after. Uh, and this is before Alfred Payton came, but I was like putting like their contracts and stuff so I could like organize things. And when we signed Alfred Payton, I didn't have time to finish that, but right now it still has the only note I have on him is sucks. So I definitely was mad <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so at good. the time, at the time, big baby David was a little emotional. Um, yeah, and that's a uh, damn, damn David cold. If I could, Dial back my comments. I don't know if, if I, I said I expected Alfred Payton to start, but if, if I did, that's not what I meant. I expect him to get a lot of minutes, and uh, what I meant was that he will get a lot of minutes and potentially he could play alongside Dennis Smith Jr., who, Tom, I think you're right. Um, I would prefer it if uh, either DSJ or Frank got more minutes just for development purposes, understanding that Frank is bad and may not be on the team, but um, as far as the the best bang for your buck and potentially getting the best players on your team for future purposes. I think that's, that's probably the, the way to go. And in other, we've got got some rotation stuff, Dave, I kind of want to, I want to keep it there with, with the rotation stuff. I I know Tom and Kenny kind of mentioned a little bit. I mean, do you think, uh, do you think there's another move coming? Do you think that these guys are just going to fight for minutes? Do we think, someone like Frank or Taj Gibson could end up getting DNPs. Do you think injuries sort this kind of thing out through the season? What do you think's going on? I don't see a scenario where we like add someone without taking away like actual players. Um, unless it's, you know, like bringing in Lance Thomas to be the 15th guy, which mm. it's kind of a whatever situation. Like if he wants to come back, fine. I don't care. <laughs> um, the captain. Yeah. Longest That's- tenured Nick. Lance Thomas, my boy. Let's let's. Big not, baby David wasn't even there for that. I can't do Lance Thomas today. I'll I'll when when you say Lance Thomas, my brain jumps to what Big Baby David wrote down for Alfred Payton. <laughs> yeah, like well, I guess along with with the pay, Alfred Payton stuff, I, I would, you know, I, I do expect him to get minutes. Um, but I guess the question I have for you guys is like. Even if we are fairly high on Alfred Payton's ability to contribute, like, would we have rather, assuming all the deals are equal, I don't remember what what the guy I'm about to say got, but would we rather have just stuck with Moutier, who we've already like committed a year to his development, and we know likes it here at least a little bit? You know, would we have rather done that? I, I'm kind of undecided there because I don't like Moutier, but if we're getting a guy who's going to play essentially the same role. Would he rather have a guy that we've contributed to him getting to where he is right now in his career? He's kind of proved himself a little bit. I'll, I'll take this one to start. I was done watching Moutier play basketball. I, Fair. I, Fair. I, I was very much over that. And I think part of it, and, and the, the biggest upgrade between Moutier and, and Peyton is just like Peyton is a much better playmaker and passer. And that's what we need if we're going to be trying to develop RJ Barrett and Kevin Knox as scorers. Are guys that can that can create for others. Moutier was was actually good, fairly good at getting into the paint and creating for himself. 
But, I mean, there were games where he'd be the, the leading assist man on the team with, like, two or three assists. And he just he didn't get the job done in that capacity. And I think Alfred Payton, for all his, his faults, he actually can pass. And, uh, and that's, that's my main reasoning. I, I was completely over Moutier. Yeah, I'd say Alfred Payton kind of has an identity. Like it, it, last year, it felt like Moutier was trying to find out what he is. And I think what he is is a, a high-volume mid-range shooting point guard, which I, I just don't see the demand for that in today's NBA and, and for mm-hmm. good reason. So I, I think I'd rather see Alfred Payton, who, like, like Ken alluded to, uh, he's a pass-first point guard. Um, and I, I think when you're out there, I think that's going to be – people like playing with that kind of player. People like having their heads up and knowing there's a chance they get the rock. So yeah, I'm I'm Alfred over Moutier all day. A little rhyme. Ken, cool. you back? We I know we lost you for a second. Though. Yeah, sorry, my internet went out for a second. It sounds like we're Man. comparing. We're, we're seeing uh, who we like better between uh, Alfred Payton and Moutier. It did. Yeah, Dave, Dave has. Dave asked if we if if there should have been a want to bring Moutier back over Alfred. Uh, I was not a Moutier fan, and I think that Fizdale yeah. was too much of a Moutier fan for his own good. <laughs> like if if Fizdale properly evaluated Moutier and thought of him as what he was, which was like a decent, okay, like backup third string point guard. Uh, then I would have been fine with Moutier, but he seemed to think that he was a star in this league and he should get as many minutes as he wanted, um, which is not the case. And uh, Alfred Payton, like uh, I think it was Jake just said, is just he seems like he's a better passer. Um, I haven't seen a lot of film on him, and I only really watched him when he played the Knicks. Uh, but uh, from all of the stuff that I've seen since he got signed, I read, I went back and read a lot of the articles from last year and things like that about Alfred Payton. And it looks like... Uh, he has developed nicely into a very nice NBA player. Uh, he's not a star. He's not going to be a star, but he's capable of doing kind of all of the little things. Uh, from what I understand, he's not a great defender, but everything, everything else, uh, he, he, he does kind of what you want him to do. And I, I think the, the two guys we kind of haven't given enough love yet, um, Ellington and Bullock. Well, Big Baby David gave Bullock a, a, some weird love. A couple of people in the chat were a little weirded out by that. And <laughs> I, I'm, that. As, as am I. Um, no, but I, Tom, I, I think I want to go to you on this one because uh, we we just I made a couple Lance Thomas jokes. I'm sorry, Lance. I know you're a friend of the program. Um, Tom, we added two veteran kind of three and D type guys. I, I think. Um, it, and, and again, thinking about some of the guys we've had on the wings in the past years, ha- should we be talking about these guys more? Or are we going to like fall in love with these guys? Are we just going to appreciate kind of having someone open in the corner who can make a shot? Or, or where do you land on Ellington and Bullock? Um, and that's kind of the other category of player that, that we we're looking to get, right? So we talked about the, the lunch pail type guys who are going to do the little things to win. And that was your Portis, your Gibson and even your Peyton to your to some extent, but then the other category are, are the guys who will help space the floor and and really sort of juice the offense. Reggie Bullock is definitely an example of that. We uh, BBD talked about his three point shooting, and, and Wayne Ellington. I mean, when he was in Miami, he was low key a huge part of their offense because he kind of plays that JJ Redick role where he just sprints around screens, and and he's not the kind of guy who needs a lot of space or he also doesn't even need to have his feet set. Like 
he doesn't need to just be uh, spotting up at the three-point line and let it, making others create for him. He will just be able to, to sprint around double screens and, and really create a lot, of, a lot of chaos. He took seven three-pointers a game last year in not that many minutes. Um, he, he's, his nickname on basketball reference, I know I'm going to keep going back to that well, he's the man with the golden arm. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, and, and so I really like his game and the potential that he'll have. He'll probably be the third shooting guard um, in the rotation, right, behind Dotson and uh, I guess depending on where you're going to put R.J. Barrett. But, like, at least Dotson and Bullock are, are traditional shooting guards, and then maybe Barrett and Knox are your are your small forwards. But um, I don't, I, I'm wondering how much time Ellington's actually going to get, but I love his fit and, like, what he can bring to an offense. And, and what it can do to open up the floor for the more of the slashing types like your Barrett's, Knox's, and Randall's. Yeah, Tom, and I think uh, I think I, I agree with a lot of that. Um, and this was a point that I also wanted to bring up is as far as shooting, like the Knicks didn't have a ton of great shooters last year in terms of players who are still on the roster and are regulars last year. Um, Alonzo Trier shot 39% on two shots a game on two threes a game, which is very good. Um, but not a, not a huge quantity. Damian Dotson shot 36.8% on 4.7, um, a game. And then the next highest shooting, uh, three point shooter was Kevin Knox at 34%. So you added a bunch of guys who are, you know, statistically much better shooters than we had last year. Again, Bobby Portis, uh, 39% on about four a game. Reggie Bullock, 37.7% on 6.2 a game. And Wayne Ellington was 37.1 on seven attempts per game last year. So, you know, those three guys are going to add a lot of shooting. And then even Julius Randle is a 34.4% shooter on, on 2.7 attempts a game. So that's a lot more shooting than we had last year. And uh, I think that, like you said, will will open up a lot of, a lot of the driving lanes for pretty much – everyone on our team you know you have dsj you have rj barrett you have kevin knox all of those guys who uh seemingly like to get into the lane uh just will have a lot more opportunity to do that because they have better shooters around them and think about how that'll help mitchell robinson too just roll into the rim i mean he's one of the best finishing bigs at the rim in the league at this point even in his rookie year and he was doing that with not a ton of shooting on the floor so yeah the more shooting on the floor the better it'll be for guys like him too and I'll say just one more thing going off of that, Tom, is I, I did read one of the articles I read on Alfred Payton was talking about what a good uh, pick and roll point guard he became um, when he was there with Anthony Davis in, in uh, and not Oklahoma City, in um, New Orleans. And so the potential to have him and Mitchell Robinson running the pick and roll could, could be for exciting stuff uh, a few times a game. Dave, you got anything you need to get off your chest about Reggie or just anything? Uh, just in general, like those, those are the kind of guys we know basically what they are. Three and D, that's a very those are very valuable type of guys to have in the NBA now. Either for the Knicks if they are trying to to do some stuff and win a couple games and help you know Mitch Robb's development by giving him space to work with all that all that kind of stuff. And also, you know, like we've kind of been saying, those are the type of pieces that good teams want to pick up at trade deadlines pretty much any good team is going to want to pick up an extra shooter an extra defender to help out or an extra bruiser where like taj gibson comes in so that gives themselves a lot of flexibility to open up many possibilities moving forward with pretty much all these deals 
because of the the price points and the team options and yeah, they, they definitely are are not in a bad spot with this group of guys. And Jake, I posed this question on my t- on my Twitter. A lot of people who Tinder on my Tinder too. That's, that's what it sounded like you were ready to say. I'm a married man, Kenny, but uh, that's why you were only there to ask questions. Yes, just just looking. I'm just taking a poll here, just straw poll. <laughs> um, but you know, a lot of the criticism about the Knicks not taking on the bad contracts for uh, for draft picks. Like the, the pushback, Knicks fans were saying, "Well, look, they can just swap these these value contracts, these these good players, to competing teams um, at the deadline or even next summer." So my question was, like, if, if the Knicks actually don't end up getting any assets for these guys, if they don't trade Ellington or Bullock or, or Taj Gibson, what have you, is that like a is that a failure? Is that a missed opportunity on their part? What do you guys think? I I have no I have no expectation of that. Um, I I think there's a chance that you know things can get moved and uh, you know we're talking. There's a lot of bodies in play. I we could see a world where there's a Frank trade. I could see a world where there's a Dennis Smith Jr. trade. Um, who who knows what that ends up looking like? Um, I I lost my full train of thought. That was pretty. That's pretty fine. I think, no, you, you answered the question. Like, I think you're right. Just because, like, there's too much unknown at this point. There's too many moving parts. But um, I, I wonder, like, if the expectation is, like, hey, Knicks, you signed all these all these players on these value contracts. Do something with them. Make the most out of them. The thought that straight escaped my head was last year at the deadline, we didn't see a lot of assets getting flipped for players. I think Miritich went for two seconds. Um, and and Miritich was having a really good year last year, Bobby Portis's friend. Just a reminder, we traded uh, Billy Billy Will, big time Willie Bill, for two seconds that are going to be very good second round picks from Charlotte. Willie so, Bill yeah. Hernan Gomez, that's right. Yeah, so don't knock second round picks because those those can become valuable and turn out to be Mitchell Robinson or Damian Dotson. That's true. Um, guys, I, I went to the chat, uh, for some cues, the, the one that's jumping off the board to me, we haven't really talked about, uh, the summer league game too much. And I don't know, summer league basketball, you, you kind of forget. And then you're like, Whoa, this is a group of guys that don't play together that are all trying to earn their keep in the NBA. And it gets ugly quick. We did see a lot of your guy BBD. I, is that a Barrett Jersey? Yeah, it is. It is. We got to see RJ Barrett let it rip, and boy, he did. Um, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't super pretty. Uh, what what did you think about RJ RJB? Can we call him that? What did you think about RJB's SL debut? <laughs> oh, he was bad. Yes, <laughs> but it also it was his first professional game, first game period he's played in three months, and it's it's summer league in general. Who cares? Like. He's not yeah, to put I, stock in it. It's fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna agree with Big Baby David. Summer league doesn't really matter all that much. Uh, Kevin Knox was the best player in summer league last year, and then he was the worst player in the NBA. So don't worry about it too much. Um, I also think that it was just kind of a situation where he was trying to do too much. He was going up against Zion. There was a lot of hype before the game. It was probably the most hyped summer league game ever. Uh, there was a lot of big time celebrities in the house to watch the game. And then 
Uh, I think Zion went out after like 10 minutes with a knee injury. So like people were disappointed. Ended in an earthquake, which is wild. Literally literally ended in an earthquake as Alonzo Trier dunked the ball through the basket from the three point. Um, <laughs> that's a reference that most of you won't get, but uh, I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I think he was, he was just trying to to put on a show and, and uh, you know, pressing too much, but I think he'll settle down and he'll still be good. So I, I implore all of you to not put too much stock in that or what the, the New York daily news will put out about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I gotta say, I, I didn't watch, I, I didn't make a rule not to watch Summer League. I, I do watch all 82 games during the regular season, and so if I start watching Summer League games, my wife will leave me, and I will have to get back, <laughs> I have to get back on Tinder, so. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm getting Nick's opinions on Tinder, honey. Um, I, I, I got a quick around the horn for you guys, and, and it's on RJB. What a point guard, shooting guard, small forward. How do you... How do you see his minutes lining up? Because I originally, and I still think R.J. Barrett's best strength is his passing. Um, I mean, do you guys see him getting any run at the point or, or, or around the horn, Dave? Where do you see Barrett getting most of his minutes? I mean, I think officially he'll be playing like the two or three, but I'm sure we'll see him handle the ball plenty. It's kind of the, the best answer I got. I don't think he'll be like officially playing like point guard for us. I don't think he's going to you know, guard ones. But yeah, that's my biggest thing is he won't be defending point guards. So like nominally, he won't be the the point guard. I don't think maybe he'll he could be the lead ball handler. I bet he pushes a lot in transition, but mm-hmm. in half court sets, I, I I don't really see him being the lead ball handler very often, especially with with the point guards we do have between Dennis Smith Jr., Alfred Payton, and then even Frank. I think that who knows if they're going to give him another shot at point guard. I'd like to see it because he's still so young. And I think his greatest value would be at the point guard position. Uh, but but who knows? Maybe that ship has sailed in David Fisdale's eyes. You never know. Ken? Um, yeah, I mean, that's part of the issue with having, you know, 11 actual NBA players on our team and no, like, true scrubs is that I have no idea how these lineups are going to shake out. Like, they have three legitimate people who can play point guard in uh, Peyton, DSJ, and and Frank. They have a bunch of people who can play shooting guard, you know, Bullock, Ellington, Dotson, RJ Barrett. So, like, these guys, all those guys can ship, shift over to, to three. Kevin Knox, like, there's just so many different guys who can play so many different positions, and all of them are capable of playing in the NBA. So it's impossible for me to even – venture a guess at, as to how this shakes out i but i wouldn't expect i'd expect him to be two and three and maybe maybe like tom said a primary ball handler now and then but who knows man yeah and i, I think we're gonna have to seriously think about what these rotations are gonna look like I, I know it's a little early but and tom you mentioned it before before the show but there's a lot of bodies, um, and and I it it really makes you wonder: Are there just going to be odd men out, or how are they going to do this, or is it just going to be earn your keep? Um, you know, and we we kind of felt there was a similar situation last year, but I I look back on the roster, and I, I mean, some of the things I said about Trey Burke, I can never take back, and I'm I'm a little <laughs> embarrassed about um, Mario Hazonia. I, I I think 
I think at the end of the year, when we compare this year's roster to last year's roster, we're going to be, I, I mean, pleasantly surprised when you look up and down. Um, never mind Kadeem Allen, uh, our coach's favorite player. So um, I don't know, boys. Any, any, any closing, closing thoughts that you need to get off your chest? Yeah, one thing I want to address is uh, another criticism I heard a lot of, of, of the Knicks free agency was that they signed so many power forwards and that Kevin Knox, his ideal position or maybe his best position in the NBA would be a power forward, that he's not quick enough laterally to defend wings so that, you know, ideally he'd be playing the power forward. Julius Randle, obviously he can only play power forward and maybe a small and small ball center but as we mentioned, he can't defend the rim, and he's not a strong defensive player. So that's a tough spot for him. I, I don't know. I, I'm wondering, do you guys think like the signing of Randall and Gibson, even Portis to an extent, I guess he'd be playing mostly backup center, but he could play some four as well um, in big lineups. Do you think that that hurts Kevin Knox's ideal development? I think that just NBA lineups are so fluid nowadays, and there's a lot of switching on defense and stuff. So – I don't know how much it's going to affect. I think it's less than people think, but I think it will have an impact. It's just, you know, positionless basketball is is the big the big phrase, and it's all the rage now. So I just don't think it's going to be as big a deal as people think. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty much right there with you. We'll see some amount of knocks at the four and the three, and this play. It's all positionless these days anyway, so not I'm not too worried. Yeah, and I, I think what what I think I'm stumbling into with this Knicks team, Tom, or and maybe this is even too optimistic. I mean, Julius Randle played 26% of his minutes last year at center. The year before that was 49% when he was with the Lakers. We might see some Randle at center, and I, I think outside of Mitchell Robinson – I think defensively this team might be pretty rough, but I think offensively we've got a chance to do a lot of fun things with a lot of fun lineups. But I think defensively this year, I think the Knicks are going to raid out pretty rough. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, uh, going down the, the list of the new acquisitions, I think from my understanding, Taj Gibson is a plus defender and Reggie Bullock is a solid two plus defender. But not not necessarily a great one, and uh, Portis, Ellington, Randall, and Peyton are all not great defenders. So, I'll I'll agree with you on that point. But they're all hard workers, so you know maybe if it's not working out, you just punch them in the face. And Jake, you said that two seasons ago, Randall was uh, playing almost half his minutes at the center position for the Lakers. Yeah, for the Lake Show. The Lakers. I just checked it out. They had the worst defense in the league that year. Hmm. Hmm. Worrisome. Coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those those mutually exclusive, right? You can make the stats say anything. So true. Spin, spin zone here. Yeah. Well, we uh we got a lot of dogs, boys, and I, I think uh, pit bulls. I, I I spent spent Sunday night with my dogs and my new dogs in the chat. Um, dude, chat's been popping off. You guys, you guys are crazy. Um, and if you don't know, I know, I know our YouTube's kind of blown up, but this is technically a podcast. Go download it, Talking Knicks, podcast app, Stitcher, all of it. Check it out. Uh, we thank you. Maybe leave a review. Say uh, Jake's, Jake's the hot one or something. I don't know. Leave whatever review that's, you want. That's just, that's not that's just an idea. You know that's not that's, the phrase. That's just an idea. Um, 
But otherwise, we thank you. Um, and yeah, I think I think next week we're gonna start maybe sinking our teeth into some lineup stuff because it's exciting and scary, Tom. So thank you for that. Yeah, we'll um, probably might talk a little bit more about the summer league after a few games have have happened too. Once, There's once one going the on Knicks, right now, by the way, for all of you Knicks, currently. Once yeah, the Knicks take start to it. take that summer league title that they rightfully rightfully should get. Um, for Tom, Ken, David, uh, chat again, a lot of fun. Uh, and I think Ken, I, I haven't said this confidently in a while, but let's go Knicks. Knicks take. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.